Hey everybody, it's Eric here, just chiming in to let you know that we are going to be taking a week off this week. Um, we had originally decided to do the black phone, but just had some health issues come up with the crew, so we're going to have to take the week. We will be back next week for sure, um, and also my new album is out. If you want to check that out, you can go to hy-fy.bandcamp.com or you can go to Bandcamp and search hy-fy. It's called Bloody Pit, and it is a horror soundtrack uh, concept album. So check that out, and we'll be back next week. Welcome to Bloody Good Horror covering the best and worst of the horror genre since Halloween 2007. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my children. Welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be discussing the Black Coat's daughter, and possibly that old episode of South Park with Butters, where he sings that weird song, because this movie totally reminded me of that. Topic for discussion. The Butters song? Yeah. Was it the, was it the Butters I've episode? I've got something in my Black Coat's daughter for you. Something like that. <laughs> First up on the show, the business manager at Bloody Good Horror coming to you live from Manhattan, New York City, with a brown t-shirt on for some reason. I bring it up because it's literally the first time I, in years I've ever seen him wear that. His name is John Schnars. Sometimes you just feel you're having a brown day, Eric. You know? <laughs> I get it, it's bro. A, it's actually a graphic tee. It has a, a lovely beer logo on it. Oh, so. cool. Mm. Graphic tee. Mm. Go ne- on. Next up on the show, he is the uh, web developer at bloodygoodhorror.com and, uh, no big deal, the uh, managing editor. Editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief. He's his, got all the titles. His name is Mark. Hi there. Also my brother, which I maintain is his most illustrious title to date sure mm. and i've had it since birth imagine that's that. right last <laughs> last up tonight on the show coming to us live from chicago illinois he likes to drink beer and tell us about it his name is joe shot town stand up joe are you saying today that an embarrassing gif of you from this show was played in front of your entire company oh yeah, yeah. somehow um uh, one of our art directors got a hold of it and it ended up in like a office update like full <laughs> The company skunk, presentation. The Skung Island one? Yeah. No, no, no. no. It, oh. was, it was one of the dancing ones. Oh, like, that's earlier. great. Yeah. That's Perfect. great. So, yeah. That's a thing. So I mean, they, they're you, on the uh, internet. So there, so there goes that thin veneer that, of you trying to act normal at work. Oh, even worse. It was um, to celebrate my quote-unquote number one rated Real Housewives podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So, well, nice. can you, Joe? Can you send me this uh, whatever email? I need to send the video of you dancing to starships at my bachelor party to you. Can I? <laughs> no, honestly, like it, it's these two guys. Like they're they're buddies of mine that I work with, and now at like every office function, I get paranoid anytime I'm doing anything that they're somewhere like recording because <laughs> they're they're totally those guys. Because well, they, are. they don't even have to record. This just is on YouTube afterwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you guys saw. I sent like a video. There's one of like me dancing at the like Thanksgiving party with like the leftovers. Like they're they're the same culprits. 
For all you know, they've become patrons and are hanging out on Slack, just gathering material on you. We, we do. I do have <laughs> at least one person I work with who is a patron subscriber. Yeah. And they, ha- nice. they have like infiltrated the, uh, the video <laughs> feed on many occasions. Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, Mark, I wanted to give you your um, uh, low bar praise for this evening. Get it out, buddy. You were the first to show up to the show. Still late, I would like to say, but... Why? That's not true. I was here right at 8 o'clock. Yeah, that's fucking late. Have you ever heard that expression? Like, if you show up when I tell you to be there, you're late. It's we didn't me. even have a pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you run your life? What this you is going off? dark, really. What, what do you mean? We didn't even have You're a You're not going to dock our pay, are you, Eric? <laughs> what are you, from California or some shit? You're like, yeah, bro, I showed up on time, man. You only get four chicken nuggets a week, Joe. <laughs> I'm just relaxed. Let me tell you how disappointed I am in all of you. I'm just relaxed. <laughs> I take it easy because I'm from the West Coast. I really had no idea where that where, where that was anyway, going, but I will uh, accept that. Compliment. I did cancel the pre-show, but all you guys just fucking showed up whenever you wanted to. So, you guys are lucky yeah, that are. I wasn't here at 830. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should thank your lucky stars that I fucking grace you with my presence every week. <laughs> Save this little ragtag group of fucks. <laughs> oh, well, Lord. speaking of fucks and stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> a lot of interesting stuff happened this week, Mark. First of all, uh, that's my favorite character. Fucks it, and stuff. <laughs> it hasn't been released yet, but episode three of the Eric Show in the can. Oh, uh, exciting news! I recorded. It is. Volume three, episode one of the oral history of BGH. How well, far? Why, how is it the third a... volume? I'm confused. No, well, it's it's going to be no because this is the third episode. I'm calling my episodes volumes. I'm trying. I'm oh, I'm actively trying to make the naming system as convoluted as humanly possible. You know, like Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's volume three, but then the oral history of BGH episode one because it's a sub series. Little known fact, Eric's actually been doing three versions of this show with other people <laughs> for about 10 years now. Wait, wouldn't the uh, wouldn't the first two episodes be like volume one, episodes one and two, and therefore you should really only be on volume? Yeah, that's fair, two. actually, but I, but no. For but someone who's 10 minutes into the show and has yet to pick a word of the day, you sure yes. are mincing words. <laughs> yeah, come on. I got, I got it under control, Joe. Don't worry. Yeah, sip your wine over there, fancy schnorr. Something about the visual of John drinking white wine in a brown shirt that's real confusing to me. <laughs> you go with what you got. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to edit that tomorrow night while I edit this show, so you'll probably see it around a similar time. I go through, I decided to do, I, 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 lately, Schnars, I feel like I forget things, like mm. everyday things, old things that happened. Like my mind is you're just, old AF, bro. my mind is starting to go in a weird way. So I decided it was time to kind of let's, let's use this as a time capsule, if you will, or a sort of living history of bloody good horror. So the your seven, child oh. and or future children are going to want to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Down. I mean, someday when you're old and gray and they notebook you in a hospital, John, let's put it this way: if you if you don't think that the history of bloody good horror is worth saving, then what does that say about how you spent the last ten years of your life? Oh, hey, listen, it's saved. It's the podcast. It's all I need. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this first part is basically like the early years of like my childhood, getting into horror through really up until about when I started college, because that was when Mark and I started the. So the part two will be Mark and I starting the site getting it off the ground, and then the first death, it was like when Superman got his back broken, but mm-hmm. then he came back when they when they brought him back. So 
uh, that's the plans for sure. episodes. Probably two and three, maybe four. Let's see how crazy right. we get. You know what? Um, what episode will you get to where I join, so people know when to start listening? Well, so my <laughs> thought is after I do that is that I wanted to kind of talk to the main guys in the show separately and do little one-off shows where we do talk about like your guys' specific experiences with the show and how you got involved right. and like your thoughts and all that stuff. So it's the whole thing, guys. Uh, I'm re- I just wanted to bring it up because I know Joe is like shocked that I actually recorded an episode three. Like wow. I, I know Joe thought I was done after two. <laughs> I like how you've gone from faint praise for me to faint praise for yourself. This, this could be. I a like fun how it's mode. getting aggressive against Joe. Actually, I'm <laughs> no, it's not. I'm no. I'm just like I like to. I actually live to impress Joe. So. Um. I feel like this could be a fun, like, rather than doing uh, predictions of box office, we can predict when the Eric show is going <laughs> to like, run out of steam. You can't tell me, though, because that'll, that'll Yeah, no, 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 the, no, we'll have to do it behind the that'll scenes. That'll ruin the sample. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Something else exciting. So that's for patrons only. Episode one of the Eric show is free in the feed. Episode two and beyond will be just for patrons. A little bonus. I thought they were volumes. Whatever. A little bonus <laughs> for their amazing support of us. The other thing, Mark... And this is a new thing that we were giving to patrons that we just wanted to bring up because it, it dropped last week and it's been just momentous is Slack. We've invited patrons into Slack, our Slack that we were already using every day anyway to like interact with us and go crazy. It's already, it's already resulted in several um, really awkward exchanges that have been really funny and, and fun. So, Man, it is exponentially more distracting than I thought it was going to be, oh. and I, I mean that in a good way. I was, I was, I thought that, you know, I, I figured it was going to go one of two ways, right? That we would either invite all these people, and it would be like crickets, or it would just be like a never-ending wall of text, and it's sort of trending towards the latter, which I think is great. I think people are interacting with each other. We have lots of cool channels. We're like sharing music. We're talking about video games. We're recommending I mean, other podcasts to each other it's actually it's really cool there's legit like a hundred people who are like signed up now like i keep seeing new yeah, names nice. of joining people joining channels and stuff so i just Mike. sent two more invites right now while we're oh, on the show very nice. we already had our first slack baby the other day yeah yes <laughs> yes it's gonna be beautiful I'm, my goal is to slack baby ma- and like match people up by my <laughs> by my recollection like i kind of thought i saw it already happening but i didn't want to call it out i didn't want to embarrass anybody 30 minutes before he was like chatting me up about just mundane nerd shit and then like 30 minutes later it was like a picture of a baby i'm like what yeah. the fuck were you doing while your wife is in labor <laughs> slack it's the power of it's, slack uh... It's maybe only, we can just make like a separate channel where I just help fix people up. Like maybe that'll be my thing. Yeah, <laughs> like a really weird like speed dating scenario. Like yeah. you just hop in. Joe's always there, so, and then he like uh, catches you up with somebody. Yeah, let's get weird. Let's talk about ourselves here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's great. If you want to check out all that stuff for patrons, Patreon.com/slash Bloody Good Horror. This show, of course, and the website, always free for all who seek refuge, Schnars. Unlike, mm-hmm. unlike, or refuse. Unlike America in <laughs> 2017, we will take your poor, tired, huddled masses. Mm-hmm. So. All, all of the masses. Uh, yeah. John, won't, John won't take your poor. No. Come on. <laughs> he'll take them, but he'll put them to work. I'm not going to like throw them out in the cold. Um, <laughs> There's cleaning to be done. It's warm out right now. so. Mark, any, any updates from the um, website front? Uh, we're still publishing new reviews every day. We got a new writer, Craig. He hasn't actually uh, written anything you can see on the site yet, but that'll be coming up very, very soon. Uh, and that's it. I mean, we've got new reviews every day. 
where we actually have a review. We did not have a review of the original Night of the Living Dead on the website until this very day. Nice. So, oh, wow. uh, so that went up today. One of the few uh, black and white movies that I find like I can watch and be like, yeah, this is fucking, this is good. They're coming to get you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. We have, so we've been, we've been reviewing some newer stuff, but we also have been going back and kind of reviewing some older stuff, which is cool. It's, I, I think it's cool to see sometimes, you know, some of our reviewers are actually seeing these movies for the first time, which I think is kind of a cool perspective as opposed to just being like, oh, I saw Evil Dead for the 15th time and it was the best movie ever. And here's a review of it. Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, so it's exactly. kind of, it's a pretty, you get a pretty cool perspective. You get a really good, um, you get a really good mix of opinions and stuff on movies. So you should check it out at bloodygoodhorror.com. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. John Schnars. Yes, Eric. What does the future hold for all of us? I am so glad that I spent the last three minutes looking at box office mojo because I wasn't sure you were going to ask, but then I was like, maybe you will. And here we are. Um, so we talked last week that this little movie called Dead Awake popped up out of like completely nowhere and was listed previously as a wide release. That has been downgraded to not wide. Aww. So we're probably going to have to call that a game time decision. Um, if we don't do that, there's there's probably three or four movies kicking around. We've been talking about, um, you know, uh, things that have come out uh, in limited release this year that we would probably sneak in. So we'll have to call 512 a... Uh, a you know wait and see so for right prob- now. so probably not in the theater probably not i so mean that's it, a bummer it, i was kind of getting... looking forward to the quiet yeah it we're probably going to be back <laughs> on uh something video but um after that we have a little film called alien covenant <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, strap in um, is that the one that's like based on prometheus <laughs> just just all the greasy, sweaty, phallus aliens you would ever want. Mm. Oh boy. Mm. It's so good. slimy. There's gonna be so much slime. Acid spit. Danny, we, Danny McBride trying to ride the line of being a serious character, but also still being funny because he's Danny McBride. I'm very much excited about it. Oh yeah. Uh Danny McBride, that is. Uh and the movie generally. Um we then have a couple more weeks uh open. Uh, so we'll we'll find some stuff to plug in there. Um, then we go. Let me count them: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight weeks with theatrical releases. So it's about to get real. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we'll, goddamn, we will keep folks posted on the sort of like order of operations because there are a couple weeks with two. We'll kind of be slotting some stuff in and, and sliding things around. But yeah, it's gonna be a fun summer, guys. Sliding and sliding. This reminds me, John. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for that. First of all, impactful. Second of all, uh, we got a a tweet from a fan today, Chase TX. He's a long time, long time. He went because he is apparently an insane person, and he created a letterboxed list of every single movie that we have reviewed on Bloody Good Horror. And I will tell you, Mark, as going back to my like feeling senile thing. Just even without even scrolling down the page, just seeing the first like 30 things that loaded, I went, what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be clear, it is a very accurate list. And I also had the exact same experience. Which actually gave me another idea for the Eric show, which is like, there's probably at least five movies in the history of BGH where at least five, maybe more, I couldn't see it. And I just kind of moderated the show. So maybe I'll just go back watch the movies and just do a little one-off episode. Compendium. 
Yeah. A little, little <laughs> follow on episode six years after that. Why not? Just like splicing your commentary. John, at the, the point that show. at the point that somebody is listening to me talk to myself in the car, why do you assume there are limits to what I can talk about? No, no. It's not a crazy idea. I would listen to it. I'm not kidding. There so, you know, we'll see. Um Maybe we could do an delivering, act. Eric. I have a high bar for podcasts. We could do like a uh, game show episode where one of us just reads a title of a movie, and you have to tell us whether or not we actually did it on the show. Oh, I would, I <laughs> would, def- I like. I used to curate all the classics when we were doing like the one-off sale, like sort of simple goods downloads. I'm pretty sure I could get. You'd have a hard time tricking me. I got to say that. Well, I just wanted to say thank you to him because somebody said like, how, I think it was Joe through our Twitter said how long did that take, and he said an embarrassing amount of time, like literally hours. So thank you because that's probably something we needed. Um, it actually, lie, like, I've tried to do this exact thing, like a handful honestly, of times just given up. Honestly, so. I got like nostalgic slash excited while I was looking through it. I don't know why, but it's like, it's kind of impressive to see it laid out like that, just with all the cover art, just the kind of scope and breadth of what we've reviewed. Um, and to see a lot of these things that I just completely forgot about was pretty cool. Yeah, like the roommate. Remember the roommate? Yeah, that was terrible. Ginger. Oh yeah. The first two Ginger Snaps movies. I for like I forgot we did the Tenant and Repulsion. We did that. Those same, were that was super early. Same episode. Yeah. Um. God. That, well, we used to do a lot of double such features. As 11, 11, 11. Feast uh-huh. two sloppy seconds. That's like. I think we should make a list of like the worst films we've ever reviewed. I would put 11, 11, 11, like um, very, yeah. very. Even Letterboxd for the, uh, for the Unborn has the butt poster with Odette Usman. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to use there, really? Then weird little gems, like stuff we sort of were like, that was kind of cool, like The Uninvited. At least I remember liking that movie more than I expected to. Um, we got cult classics like Pieces. I mean, that's a... Movies yeah, I Will Never Understand, time. like Six String Samurai. Uh, Kate, that was a Casey staff. That was, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Donkey that was punch. like really back in the yellow days where we just didn't, you know. Anyway, it's Actually, really that was a staff pick. An early it's really, staff pick, it's really mind blowing. Really cool. I wanted to say thanks to him. So if you are, if you're on Letterboxd, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can see this. And I don't have an account, so it's the list is called Bloody Good Horror Main Features. So I assume there's just some kind of search function you can get to it from there. And honestly, it would be a kind of a cool way. I mean, if you have a we bunch, could probably tweet it out while we're sitting here. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing we could do. Do you have it? You guys have it? Yeah. It, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not paying attention. If you, guys you have a bunch it. of streaming <laughs> services and like you're looking for just like a random movie, this is kind of a sweet list to just like flip around and be like, oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to check that out. So, Does Letterboxd connect all the streaming services? No, I'm just saying like you could use it as a reference to give you suggestions if you're blanking on. It is, it's almost as if it we should, have right? an application called Killer Flicks that does tell you whether or not a movie is Boom! streaming on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. It is almost like that, Mark. Almost. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was, I'm was. i with you, Mark. Joe. Thanks, John. <laughs> Pour some sugar on me, Joe. Mm. What, are we, what are we drinking tonight while well, we review The Black Coat's Daughter? I feel like I need to take my top off. It's going to be that kind of conversation. Um, Stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. I don't know how to explain this, but the Black Coat's daughter, this young lass who apparently was not in any of the Harry Potter films, um, <laughs> it finds herself stranded at this uh, this Catholic boarding school, I guess you would call it. Sure. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole backstory, and I don't want to give anything away, but 
one of the more interesting points of this is she's there with sort of two house mothers uh, that she is informed. Apparently, the rumor is that they worship the devil. Um, so in honor of those sweet ladies, I picked a beer from the fine folks at Four Hands Brewing Company out in St. Louis, Missouri. And this is a coffee stout that they call the devil's invention. Ooh. Ooh, hmm. ooh, ooh. Fun fact, I didn't realize this until I was reading um, about this beer, but they call it the devil's invention uh, because apparently that was one of the early nicknames for coffee, huh. the bitter invention of Satan. <laughs> wow. Like yeah. Invention by who? Like who was calling it that? Well, I got to like. Well, think I, about I it didn't... this way. It grows in like Central American countries. It probably didn't come to the U.S. until a certain period. And then you got. All, All these Puritans European. getting... Yeah, and I've got to imagine, like, in days of yorn, like, when you first tried coffee and all of a sudden you get, like, jittery and stuff, like, you got to be concerned about, like, what the hell's like, going on there. Days of yarn? Is that, like, a knitting club? I was... I, like, yorn. I we were going to let that go. <laughs> no, I definitely said yarn. There's no N on yeah, the end of it, Joe. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's Y-O-R-E. It's yorn. No, it's yarn, guys. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> the R is backwards. Yeah. Uh, right. There's a <laughs> in there. Uh, but anywho, this is... <laughs> The, R, the R is backwards. It's like a sauce equal. Um, this is a, a coffee stout, which I think I've talked about before. It's probably like my favorite style of beer. Uh, and this one is super good. Um, obviously, big coffee flavor in this, but there's like a nice balance from those roasted malts of like chocolate um, and like sort of like a toasty flavor. It's it's very good. Like anything, Four Hands puts out some really good beers. I know I've done a couple of their other ones. I think they're peanut butter stout uh, a few episodes back. Um, so if you can get their hands on their stuff, I, I wholeheartedly suggest it. This one comes in at about 7% alcohol, Ooh. so it's up there, but it also has coffee in it. So I've got to assume you can drink like, you know, a couple kegs of this and still be fine to go pick up the kids from the, uh, the soccer practice. There it is. I was waiting for it. The caffeine in the coffee negates the alcohol. So pretty think, much <laughs> yeah. there's no limit. There's no limit to what you can do. You out. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. how that works. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Fourhandsbrewery.com is their website. And uh, check this one out and anything else of theirs you can track down. All right. Thank you for that, Joe. Thank you. Splendid, as always. That's a beer recommendation, something you get here every week on the show from Mr. Joe. It's time. Let's take a break and review The Black Coat's Daughter. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. We're back. I'm back. We're back. Schnars is back. Show I don't know why, but the way like the new uh, Skype has like you guys set up, like John's face is like just sh- like straight in the camera, like almost like he's. Like, oh, dry really? Humping. You guys have weird like Mac. <laughs> you guys have that weird Mac Skype, right? That's all weird. Yeah, I have the yeah. Mine, I I keep it in a back window, so I like don't have to look at your faces too big. Are you kidding? <laughs> Come on. No, well, it, it the then has the like show. a pop-out window. Oh. So. I, I just, um, yeah, if they ever update like this one, like mine, well, the show, I don't know what the yeah. hell we're going to do. It's going to mess my whole mojo up here. It's uh, weird because it's also, it's owned by Microsoft. Like you would think you'd be getting the most up-to-date version. I right? mean, the well, way it is, is, honestly, the way it is right now is exactly how I want it to be. Like the, I wouldn't really change much about it. So I don't <laughs> When want... are we going to invest in green screens is what I want to know. Oh, it's an interesting idea. Honestly, it's not crazy. We could set them up pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. Yeah. 
I'm willing to consider it. Let's discuss it after the show. Okay. All right, guys. John Schnarrs. I didn't even tell you what I wanted to put on my green screen. <laughs> yes, Eric. It's been a tough, well, I was going to say week, but really like a, a tough few months for like words and what words mean and like the truth of words. You know, it's been like a, we've been going through a phase. <laughs> You're going deep here, dude. You're going deep. It's been a weird week, man. It's, it's we're in interesting we're in some interesting times right now so i'd like say. to maybe maybe this is the new schnars thing like i'd like to recast you as a champion of words in a time oh, in yeah. a time when words have no meaning you're here to save us from this just awful existence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're gonna i like this i'm i'm on board all right duke power let's do it please bring <laughs> us the word of the day Still got it in there. I feel like you sandbagged me a little bit. <laughs> I feel like you sandbagged me. Got it. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, Eric. John, that was word. the most that was the most positive thing I've ever said about Duke on this show. No, it was good. It was good. Uh, today's word is guillotine. Well, uh, well, some political overtones for you there. Hmm. Uh, that's G-U-I-L-L-O-T-I-N-E. The guillotine uh, is a machine with a heavy blade sliding vertically in grooves used for beheading people. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. I mean, I think most people probably know what this is. Um, I will add there is a surgical instrument that is called a guillotine. uh, So it is not just the head choppy thingy. How does that work? Uh, It's actually the device that they use to remove tonsils, apparently. So... Yeah, there you go. Um, so most people, I mean, are probably familiar with the guillotine for its role in the French Revolution. Mm. Uh, Let them eat cake. That, yes, that that led to some guillotining. Um, Fuck the, me blue. It, that it also actually, that also led to a Curse and Dunst movie. Also true. Uh, the 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 word guillotine though actually just comes from a person's name. It's actually it's a guy's name. Uh, he was a doctor. He was a physician. Um, who was the one who, in 1789, recommended this device? I can't remember if he de- designed it or not, um, or if he just sort of like had seen it somewhere and then suggested it for use in sort of more humane executions. Oh, it um, appears you have a cold. Let me get this device I've invented. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 what they were, I guess, more humane than like swinging a massive sword, Game of Thrones style. Um, it Spoiler also alert, led to, well. I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm on episode two. All right. I'm taking my time. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say who, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, it also led to uh, sort of the mechanization of uh, of uh, beheadings, political uh, assassination. If and you will. Uh, tied into this movie. Yeah, uh, there's some beheadings in this movie. OK. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I it's was, a little I was more around. like, uh, 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 you know, uh, primal, let's call it. Uh yeah, I think that's a good description. But yeah, less mechanized. John sure. John Schnars, champion of the people's words. You heard it here mm-hmm. first, folks. I'm here for the people. Bringing back bringing back meaning to your lives. John, tell me about the Black Coat Starter. Do you do you know anything about this movie beyond just what happens in it? I you know what I do know a little bit about this movie. Um, some of which I had read about before. I can't remember if we were talking about on the show before or if this was something that came up on Fist Called Cinema. So, if folks are current uh, there, maybe you could let me know where I talked about this. I talk about things a lot. Um, 
so the, it, one of the most interesting things about this film is it is the directorial debut of a guy named Osgood Perkins. He is, uh, I guess, known as an actor. Um, That's a pretty cool name. I gonna say. Well, he, you may best know him as the son of Anthony Perkins. The wow, uh, yeah, the star psycho, and he actually his oh, first acting. That's role. interesting, John, because I know him as Dorky David Kidney from Legally Blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, but his first acting role was as a, I believe, like you know, young teen, like a thirteen or twelve or something like that, playing uh, the version of his father in like either Psycho two or three. I can't. It was the one in there. Uh, psycho two. There you go. So. Yeah, so kind of an interesting dude. Um, has sort of a, a, a history with the genre, if you will, uh, or a legacy. Um, but uh, yeah, this was his directorial debut. It it uh, actually came out in 2015. It did kind of the the um, festival circuit, and it got picked up uh, by A24 actually, who you know is kind of making a, a nice little name for themselves alongside Bloomhouse as kind of the art housey side of horror uh, these days. Um, this uh, was originally released at, when it played the festival circuit at, 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 under the name February. Um, and then I guess they changed the name when they wanted to release it. And then it did uh, VOD and uh, limited theatrical earlier this year. I do often feel like stabbing people in February, so I guess I, I get it. <laughs> well, it's it. I think there was like a an opening title card that kind of like says February, like it like it. I don't know if oh. it was the title card or if it was like indicating that was like the month that it was taking place in. It was sort of weird, but uh, yeah. Um, so he also he wrote and directed this. This was like a the, the Osgood Perkins show. I mean, it's funny because his. His otherwise his credits are like super limited. I mean, he, he had no other directorial credits, um, very limited writing credits. And he had been in a bunch of stuff like he's he was in Secretary. If you guys have ever seen that movie, mm, um, have I? I mean, but, but like otherwise, like a bunch of random. I mean, Legally Blonde, he was like some randomly named person. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting kind of lineage. Um, the movie is uh, I think as Joe mentioned, set at a all girls boarding school in in or around the capital region. I don't know. John, 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 John. I don't. I actually wasn't po- definitely New York somewhere, <laughs> but I wasn't. I didn't recognize the names. Joe, you know, could, could you pinpoint? It's it? like if, if first of all, I, I looked this up because I got excited. But it's a made up town. Um, but uh, it's closer to like the New Hampshire border. Um, Bramford. Like, where the hell does that even so go? So that'd be but like northeastern? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's far up. Because Portsmouth is in New Hampshire, uh, which is where they were, like, eventually trying okay. to get to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's set in upstate New York at this uh, boarding school. God it is... damn it, John. Well, <laughs> it's not upstate, John. Wait, wait it's not? Let's it's like northeast? It, let's call it the Adirondacks. That's what I would all call right, it. All right, all right. So Fucking racist. It's, it's <laughs> above New York City, I'm fairly certain. Uh, it's north. Um, I'm, I'm rethinking so, my whole people's champion. Oh, thing. come on. It's, <laughs> so this is, it's set at this all girls boarding school where they, uh, they're, they're like basically getting picked up. It, it It's the end of a term and it's the winter. It, I guess it could be Christmas break, although the name February kind of like, you know, throws that off a little bit. But in any event, um, they are, so the, the girls are sort of like all being sent home. They're waiting for their parents. And there are two girls whose parents 
um, are, you know, either aren't coming or are, don't show up. Um, one of them is named Kat. Uh, she is the younger. Um, she was the daughter on uh, Mad Men. That, that, yeah, Mad Men. I was going to say that show about advertising. Um, she so kind of always, always looked like she wanted to stab somebody in that show, too. Yeah, we'll come back to her. I, I'm not like bought in to her as an actress, but she is pretty interesting in this movie. Um, and then the other, the other woman is named Rose. Um, Rose is sort of like an older, you know, student, whatever. She's like a junior or senior, I guess. And she kind of reveals to a friend in a sequence early on that um, she actually thinks she's pregnant. Um, she like has a secret boyfriend that she sneaks off to see and she has, she reveals to Kat that she actually lied to her parents. I think she might even have told the, um, the, the like headmaster or whatever. She told her parents the wrong day to pick her up so that she would have to stay back and like would have this opportunity to meet up with this guy. Um, so there's like a little drama going on in her life. She's, she's, um, you know, going to see him and like, kind of like tell, I guess like she's like breaking up with him. Um, they are going to be left basically at this deserted school with these two women sort of like house mothers, or I guess that's what Joe called them, but um, who are kind of going to just like, they're nuns. Yeah. But they weren't wearing like nun outfits. They were not as nuns. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) All right. Uh, You know, either way Um, they, yeah. So they're going to be left there for like a night or two. I mean, it's it's somewhat awkward because we don't know where Kat's parents are. Like literally, it's yeah. she has a dream to open the film of like she her father shows her a car and it's like crushed or like had been in a wreck. It, but other than that, we don't really know what the deal is. They're just not there and they haven't shown up. But she was theoretically expecting them. Um, the film is sort of like interestingly shot in that or or uh, sequenced in that it's it's essentially told in three parts with the first part being titled Rose. And it's sort of like told kind of from her perspective, although jumping around and kind of showing the other characters sort of, I guess about 20 minutes into the film, give or take, we're introduced to the third character whose name is Joan. We see her sort of like arriving at a bus station. Um, and she's, she's sort of like outside the realm or the setting of the school. Um, she meets up with, James Remar, uh, who's like, you know, sort of creepy, but also just like paternalistic and like wanting to help. Um, she, we see that she has like a wristband, like she's just escaped or been let out of a hospital. Um, he is so good. We can talk about it, but he's so good at writing that line where you like, you really can't tell if he's trying to help her or if there's some, yeah. Or if there's some creep shit going on, you can't tell. So, yeah, I mean, so we essentially have Joan now hooked up with uh, James Remar and his wife, Bill and Linda. They're riding. It's actually revealed that they're riding toward Bramford or they're they're like driving to Bramford. They're going to take her. She is. I think Joe mentioned she wants to go to Portsmouth, which is a real town, I guess. But um, she so they're um, Yeah. So that's kind of like the setup. You have these three. Back at the school where it's basically just Kat and, and Rose, there's just like weird shit happening. A lot of – I mean it starts very slowly. The film is like very sort of contemplative in its pacing. Um, there's a lot of just like long shots of scenery. Um, but it, there is kind of like an un, uh, unsettling element or sort of like there's just like weird stuff going on and and basically toward i guess it's the end of the first act you would call it or maybe like closer toward the the middle of the film um rose actually is going to bed and hears some stuff going on in the basement 
uh, or through the pipes and she like goes down to investigate, which, you know, all right. Um, and she sees cat basically on the floor doing like this weird kind of like bowing yoga ish, almost like she's worshiping toward the heater in the basement. Um, and, and that she, she pulls her out of there, takes her up to her room, puts her to bed. Um, but that really starts to like spike the weirdness that's going on. I don't know if I want to go too much further. I like, don't. No, please I don't, do. I don't want you to. So that's okay. perfect. You went <laughs> through right, your you went through your music twice, and then like another the same amount of silence. So oh, I'm sorry, guys. I think you nailed it. Hey, Mark, what did you? He think actually of- he actually played a full episode of Game of Thrones in the background yeah. while you were. <laughs> what on. did you think of this movie, Mark? Man, I really I really liked it. This was kind of a a sneaky movie. I feel like I'd heard the title uh, a lot, and but I didn't actually know a ton about it before I watched it. Um, I, I think that John's point about the pacing is a good one. I think it, it has very methodical pacing, but it doesn't really drag too much. And I think ultimately the conclusion is pretty satisfying, uh, without giving too much away. There's a little bit of a, a supernatural aspect to this, but it's so subtle that it just makes me think that like, I don't know why, more movies like this don't exist. It's just a, it's like, I, I think subtle is a good word really to describe it is that it, because it, it's, it's directed really well. A lot of directors are not good. This guy is. Well, good. and he also wrote it, right? Like he clearly had this like very specific vision that he wanted to push out. Yeah. And I, I just think, and, and there's some really, I mean, for being such a kind of low key movie, there's a lot of really memorable shots and moments in this movie. So I, you know, I, like, I don't know if it's, like, amazing, but I thought it was really enjoyable for what it was. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't, like, blow you away, but yet when it's over, you're kind of like, shit, man. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like this. Yeah. It kind of gets, like you said, it like gets under your skin in a weird way. Joe, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Mark. I think it starts super slow, but, like, immediately there's this tension, and it, it kind of starts with this scene where... Um, what the heck's her name? The main character cat uh, is in the office of the head priest or whatever you want to call him. And like, she's pretty, I, I guess there's like a recital that's happening that night and she starts like grilling him as to why he's not going to be there. So like automatically you're kind of like something ain't going on right up in cat's head. Um, so like you, you kind of had this tension, like as soon as that starts that like yeah. something, did that scene ever resolve though? Because like he, he didn't seem, <sighs> he didn't seem alarmed by the way she was talking to him, but she was talking to him in such an oddly familiar tone that I was, yeah, like, I mean, very I, I got the impression that's kind of her deal. Like he's like well acquainted with the way that she acts, but you know, knowing that this is a horror movie or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I think from there on, you're kind of like, what, what's going to happen with this gal? Like something shit's about to go down. Um, and it does take a while like to actually get there. But when it does, like, I think the payoff is really, really well done. Um, which I think is rare in a lot of movies like this. Like usually, and I don't want, I'm not like, specifically naming him but like a ty west film i feel like is kind of like this also where you've got like an hour 45 minute movie and an hour and you know 35 minutes in finally something happens and it's like this last 10 minutes this is almost like a less patience trying version of house of the devil in terms of sure sure um but i think like the way it's done and like i like the way that they kind of split it into three sections like it i just i agree with eric like the directing was really well done well i I mean ty west is attempting always the same thing that this movie does which is to imbue 
mundane moments with like tension through directing and scene setting. Yeah. But this guy's just like knocking it out of the park, whereas yeah. Ty West yeah, sometimes really well. kind of does it right. Uh, John, I don't know how this turned into Ty West bashing, but <laughs> Schnars, what did you think of this? <laughs> I I love this. Yeah. I was like, I actually was pretty excited for this. Um, I had I. I'd seen the trailer. Yeah, you like, sent us those pictures of yourself. It was... <laughs> I had to, fully excited. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> My HR wants to talk with you. Come on. Guys. <laughs> uh, I had seen the trailer for this like a year ago. Like this, I, like I said, it had done the festival circuit a while back. So um, I was pretty excited. The A couple of folks, uh, you know, on Slack had been talking about it. Like, I think Sophie uh, had seen it. or And I think there's a review on the site. I, I haven't... I, check but um yeah so like there was there was like i was interested already and like there had been some like positive you know anecdotal reviews um and so i went in like you know with kind of high expectations and everything you guys said is true like i think it's incredibly um you know well directed from he just has a like i he has he had an idea he had a vision for what he wanted this to be and he was very controlled about what um what happened? I mean, it's it feels very like assured in the way that he goes about it. Um, he's got some really good talent here. So like the the actresses, um, they're right. sort of the three main actresses, and even James Remar, you know, creepster, uh, all really solid. Um, and like in, young, young, I mean, the young cast especially, but also uh, Dexter's dad. I don't, I'm not gonna. I don't know. His yeah. Name. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, people who. This is a small movie, and these are people oh. who can do bigger movies. So it's very interesting that you had all this talent sort of coalesce around this project. Yeah, for, I mean, for sure. I think I didn't I didn't mention, but the the third woman is Emma Roberts, um, who I think you know Scream Queens is probably like her big thing. But um, yeah, they're 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 just all solid, and you know, I it's really slow, but I think as Mark mentioned, like it never you don't like lose patience with it because even while it's slow, there's like this unsettlingness to it. When it ramps, my feeling is like the last 30 minutes are pretty goddamn crazy. Intense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, Uh, that's what Tarantino does really well. Right. It's like you Tarantino scripts, you read them and it's just a bunch of people talking and then you watch these scenes and you're like, Oh, like the tension is just crazy. Yeah. So, uh, and it's really, it almost is like the second half of the film. I'm, and maybe I'm just like misremembering sort of like the pacing. Um, but it, there, there's the, there's the like dinner sequence. (laughs) It's like, which is like, you guys remember what I'm talking about where they're, where they're saying grace. And like, after that, it's basically like the whole rest of the film is just some of the, some of the, yeah. Some of the scary scenes are like these little subtle scenes where the two girls are talking in the dorm room and the older girl is just getting a sense that this younger girl might be like imbalanced or something. And she looks at her and she says, you had your chance or something. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. and she like goes over back to her room and like puts a dresser in front of the door before she goes to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. That was pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, and it's, they did such a smart job with the way that this is the setting, right? Like to your point, What's so freaky about it? And and they don't overplay it. They don't hammer it. But they're at this deserted ass school. It's scary. They're the, kids. The dorm itself is kind of scary. It's like this big seventies like industrial like college dorm kind of place. Like there's nothing oh, warm yeah. about it. You know what I mean? No. And there's nowhere to go. Yeah. It's like the, it's like winter. Like it's fucking freezing out. So so 
Yeah, I think like the genius of this movie and the guy who directed it is that if you just like looked at a script for this movie, it would be like 10 pages long and you wouldn't understand what was happening. And like four pages would be stabbing. And you'd just be like, what the <laughs> fuck? But when you watch it, like, it, I don't even know that I would call it slow in the beginning. I mean, I, it, it's slow in like the traditional sense of plot development, but it is so intense and creepy from yeah. like the get go. But like, in a subtle way, there's nothing happening. You're not seeing monsters, but you just are getting the. It's it has to do with the way, specifically in the scenes at the school, humans are talking to each other in a way that humans don't really talk to each other, and it's really unsettling, but not in any kind of way that you can identify right away. So you're just like, well, I guess I just have to like hang out and find out what the f is going on here. You know, if you've um, ever been at Thanksgiving at my parents' house, it's pretty much gonna, this is it. Like, I was going to say, I thought it was more just like, oh, this is like a religious boarding school. Like, no, no, no. I found, I found, the, I found the conversation between the girl and the priest to be so unsettling because she is talking oh, to him yeah. in a way, in this like very forward, familiar way that seemed wrong for the scenario she's, she's talking in the way like a mother would guilt a son yeah. into like not coming home for christmas it's like, bizarre like it's so weird and i just like it made me uncomfortable um you know like the the acting talent's really great i think that uh dexter's dad like kind of he actually kind of <laughs> steals the show for me in this because he there are moments where he is so menacing and then there are yeah. moments where he's just kind of this naive puppy dog kind of character and it's just like the the way it flips on a dime is really fascinating. And and ultimately for me, like the reason why I loved it so much is it did something that uh, it's been a while since I felt this. And like this movie scared me. I was like laying in bed next to my wife who was sleeping, watching this last night in the dark. And at some point in, I literally went like this. Like I looked around the dark room, you know? <laughs> and, or, you know, like the door was a little ajar and there was some light in the other side. And I was just like... Like I just got. I, was gonna say, I thought maybe you like put your hands over your eyes and you were like peeking through. Them. It was it was awesome, honestly. Like I that and you know like I don't think that I'm not like real world scared, but it was cool to be able to like suspend my disbelief for a little while and and get kind of let something kind of take me in that much to feel that way. Um, and then like it all ends like the ending is crazy intense. There's some of the like it's not even. I mean, it is graphic, but not the most graphic we've seen. But the stabbing in this movie, there's this extended like stabbing sequence that is just effed up. Like just, I mean, it's not like it's not like gory graphic. It's like realistic it's graphic. So, yeah. It's so it, it, it's super it's brutal. Like, it is so um, clinical and matter of fact and cold. And you're just like, and they just yeah. there's no cutting. There's no quick cuts or like over the top sound effects. It's just like a person just being like. There's not even like a lot of screaming either. It's just like no. it's just stabbing. It's it's got like the same sort of monotone like voice to it like all the way through the movie and then this just kind of comes out and like specifically and i don't want to spoil too much but like there's one part where the character like jumps out and starts stabbing this girl and like it's just so brutal and like uncomfortable to watch and then it all ends with like the credits come up and the song comes on that they actually played in the beginning (laughs) that's like oh the only way you could describe it is if it's like it's like if tiny tim remade the butter song but it was called a black coat's daughter. He's singing some weird shit about like holy water. And literally that's not, I listened to it. And then I turned the movie off and I was like, you know, I don't have to go to the bathroom. I'll just pee in the bed tonight. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I will just pee Uh, in my flannels. So anyway, I know some people are like, Oh, I can't be scared by a movie, but I, I don't, I don't feel above that at this point in my life. And I was pretty excited to 
kind of uh no it's it's that. definitely I, I mean i agree i was i was uh, it's also alone. rare it's also rare that i properly watch a horror movie which is like yeah. in the dark you know in like good circumstances yeah it uh i i also i was i had the experience of being like a like not maybe not like scared uh, you know i'm not like a total pussy like eric but uh you know <laughs> oh, uh, that's fine uh, that's fine no but uh no i did have the uh that, that kind of like unsettling experience it's it's just um it's so off-putting at certain times yeah. i mean i all of the stuff with uh, Emma Roberts and James Remar. Like, there's a sequence where he he goes to the they like stop at a like motel hotel, and he like knocks on her door. She's in oh the shower. God. She opens oh, the door with her and towel. He goes on. in and yeah, and sits there with her in her towel for like I don't know five minutes, and, ten minutes. And they What's have that? this they have this crazy they have this crazy exchange <laughs> where you think he's like pressuring her to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And you think it's going to happen for like two seconds. And it's all just like, it's mostly eye contact and framing. Well, and then it only, passes and you're like, oh my God, that was. What not only that, like, wasn't she asleep in the car? Like, I got the impression like he brought her into that yeah. hotel room, like while she was sleeping. Like, it's yeah, yeah. like pretty much she gets picked up as a hitchhiker and then wakes up in a hotel room. Like, it's, it's unnerving. Yeah. And she's like, where's your wife? And he's like, she's asleep. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's he, like uh, he's this, he's big the, too, right? Like he's physically imposing, and Emma Roberts is like this slight lady, you know. Oh yeah, and it's she's like, a wife. So the whole the whole juxtaposition is just really really unsettling. Um, I'm just looking here. the The credited um, uh, the person credited with music is named Elvis Perkins. So um, it does look like he is the other son of Anthony Perkins. Elvis Osgood Bartholomew Perkins, you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because he's an American folk rock artist. So I do want, he must have done that final song because it does have like a little like folk rocky weirdness to it. I was like, yeah. oh, this is, I don't know. Oh, this, no, this, this guy looks like a real douchebag. I know we've kind of like hit on it a couple of <laughs> no. times. I, I just like the, the, the cinematography and some of the just like the choices that that this Oz Perkins made around some of the shots. I mean, there's a sequence where they ask the the one girl Rose to go shovel the like driveway or like the sidewalk or whatever, and it's like this long shot. It is complete. It's just like almost like uh, illogically framed, like from like a pure like aesthetics yeah. of filmmaking standpoint. You'd be like, this is kind of like a just it's not a great shot, but at the same time, like it has the intended effect of just being putting, off-putting. It puts you she's off. Like, yeah, it's off-putting. Yeah, yeah she's like, mm. it's it's just weighted so weirdly because she's at such an extreme end of the screen and you see her like kind of working with the shovel, but like centered in the screen, it's just like a tree. And then like it's, I don't know, it's very strange. It's worth pointing out too, like, you know, how successful it is that this is basically a possession movie, which... I could give two Fs about most possession movies. I've been ranting about them for like literally half a decade now. And here comes along this one that's kind of a stealth possession movie that I loved. And it, and it all yeah. just has to do with going in a non-traditional route with the narrative and doing things that well, I hadn't really seen before. They they explain nothing, right? Like right. they just like take for granted that like you well, it's not even take for granted. It's like they just don't feel like they have to beat you over the head with like rules of the possession and yeah. yada yada. I oh, and there I are no well. there are no jump scares. There's no like weird they're just like 
I mean, maybe there are some like subtle scares, but there's nothing that like there's no screaming out from around there's the corner. Also, there's I mean, the interesting of- thing is like you don't realize it's a possession until three minutes before the possession is actually sort of done with. And there's kind of no cipher for the audience, which I think is another thing that makes you feel uneasy. Like there's nobody that gives you a grounding and makes you feel safe. And because everybody just kind of has their own agenda and is pretty unlikable for most of it or just unrelatable or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not, cause even Rose, who I guess is like kind of the central character, she's, she, you know, is that Emma, she's Emma, the one is that Emma Roberts. Uh, no, the one who's like pregnant. Yeah, but she's, she's like mean. Well, exactly. Yeah. She's like nasty to Cat. Like Cat's yeah. clearly like effed up in the head. I think it's and pretty Joan clear. Joan is like also kind of bizarre. Yeah, I think nobody it's pretty, wants Cat around. It's pretty clear that she's possessed like early on. I think it based on yeah. based on using the context, the rest of the context of the world. Yeah, yeah. no, sure. No, no. I yeah, I wasn't like. I think the the open question that you could put out there is like it. Are, like does Oz Perkins like whether or not because I, I think it's like pretty clear like in the narrative of the film like she is possessed like but I think you could also ask like did he intend for it to be kind of like open ended like is this a real possession because none of the there is like a sequence where the bed see, the like, bed sequence demon. the bed sequence seems super like it's something yeah. you would couldn't do I guess that's were. true there's no, like some nobody, physical stuff she could have been trained as a contortionist you don't know it's true yeah that's no it. I was thinking like you never see anything supernatural except from her perspective but to your point there is like the and even like the way she moves yeah. when Rose sees her in the basement is like. It, it was so well done because you see it for literally a split second, yeah. but it was like just unnatural enough that you're like, what? It looked like they were maybe like running it in reverse or something. Like it kind of had that feeling to it. Yeah. She was in a tool video. Yes. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was just re- that sequence in particular was very well deployed because oh, the, at, the, tension, point, the tension as like, she's descending into the basement and, and weaving through those rooms is so tight. Well, and to that point, literally nothing has happened. Like, there's right. like been some awkward conversations. There's some like kind of unsettling shot selection. But then it's like, oh no, here's like some wacky shit happening in the basement, and you're just like, whoa, what the hell? So wacky. There's slide whistles. <laughs> so, so that's that. So that's a good movie. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, really, I really enjoy it. Can I get a ruling, Schnarr? So um, according to Joe, this didn't get a wide release until 2017. So are we counting this as a 2017-er? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, This the rule is it has to it has to like be available sort of like commercially in the year. And like, yeah, this it, it was it, theatrical this year. It got VOD okay. this year. So. Joe, Joe, what are my top three right now? Oh, let's take a look at it right now. Ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Uh, you've got a top five right now. You've got uh, Get Out at number one, then Split, then Life, then Kong Skull Island, then Belco Experiment. Uh, I think you. I think you mean Skunk Island, Joe. Skunk <laughs> Island, where he fights uh, a regular sized gorilla. Let's p- bold, bold move here, guys. I'm ready to make some moves tonight. Let's put this in number three and slide everything down. Oh, so Split will stay at number two. Yes. Joe doesn't know how to do that. Split was really good. <laughs> Split was Don't good. Don't you fucking dare. I know how to use my goddamn Google Docs. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Joe. And then you still have the Devil's Candy at number 10. Yes. Yeah, leave that there. I, uh, I'm i just noticing. I So Linda, who I guess was like 
James Remar's wife in this. Did you guys know that was Lauren Holly? Yes. I recognized her from NCIS, John, Na- Naval Criminal <laughs> Investigative Services. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Revealing so many things about Eric right now. I used to work um, at a station that aired it, so I got pretty familiar with uh Like I don't know that I've seen her in anything since Dumb and Dumber. But Yeah, um, she was on that show for a while. I don't think she's on it anymore. She was a delight. Yeah, she was done in twenty fifteen apparently. Um You didn't see what women want, John? I'm just reading um, her IMDb. I don't <laughs> even know. I don't think I've ever even Yeah, seen I'm like scrolling did, down to be I like, did see that. Where was the last thing that I saw her in? Right, oh, guys. the chum she's, scrubber. She's she's <laughs> she's rumored to play Ida in the upcoming film The Juggler. So, oh, okay. about the juggler. She's like pretty oh, good. She's pretty good here. Like it's a it's a it's a meaty, you know, it's not meaty in terms of like her overall impact on the film, but like the emotional stuff she has to work with. It's she does pretty good. I oh, John, you like, probably saw her in How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. I, d- I have seen Down Periscope. Have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. That movie's great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. There was, like, a time where I think you could have made, like, an argument. Maybe she had a, like, you know, pretty up-and-coming career. And now it's just like, no, nah, nah, not really. Well, yeah. I guess that, she... That was 20 years ago, you could have made that. Yeah, it was a while. Well, yeah. Was a she was ago. on All My Children for, for some, I guess, a little while. So. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah. Would you recommend so this, John? Yes. Mark? Yes. Joe. For sure. Yeah. Love it. Let's do it. Fan mail. In some really strange readings in here. A missing crew. This place is a tomb. DJ, where are you? An infinite evil. Ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows what it's brought back with it? Vacate! I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. Event Horizon. Rated R. Hi, this is Tom Savini, and you're listening to BloodyGoodHorror.com. Send your emails to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or hit us up on Twitter at BGHorror with the hashtag AskBGH. And don't forget to pick up back episodes of the show at podcast.bloodygoodhorror.com. bloodygoodhorror.com podcast we're back the bloody good horror page podcast <laughs> it's the Wayback machine you think we're in that mark you think we're in the Wayback machine i just want to know if we're still in the web ring oh you you're still... definitely in the Wayback. this machine. is a great My question shitty blogs from like 20 years this ago is a great question mark do you have that cd that has the old versions of the site on it because i wanted to start uploading like some screenshots to patron for patrons of like the um, old shit I probably, I mean, I I did have it at some point. I probably, do it's we, probably small enough do that I favor can... and try to find it because I'd like to get it into our Google like cloud account too, just so it's like saved somewhere. Well, it's probably small enough that I could drop it on on our G drive because back in the day, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, back in the day, it took eighteen hi. minutes. Hi, hello. <laughs> Say hi. Yeah, I said hi. <laughs> 
You brush your teeth? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a bunch of terabytes on there, Mark. So I'm sure I am positive there's enough room because when we made the site, I didn't even know what a terabyte was. So well, I right. That's what mm. I'm saying is that when we around the time we made the site, it still took 17 minutes to download a picture on AOL. So exactly, exactly. All right, guys. So once again, shout out to Chase TX for his uh, letterbox list. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. This is a fun one. Thanks for the Candyman versus Brock Lesnar shirt. This is Jason in Pasadena. You cannot truly appreciate how amazingly bizarre this shirt is until you have it see until you have seen it in person. Any plans on a hashtag get a daughter shirt in time for Father's Day? Aww. I thought about it and I was like, there's no way to, for that not to be creepy because it really yeah, needs it, it, it. In order to be sweet, it needs the context that you can't, you just can't give everybody you see. I mean, just imagine that there's like three, there's, we have like a T public store full of horror related t shirts and then yeah. a shirt that just very plainly says, get a dog. I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't think it But work. in that vein, my daughter just told me, uh, don't tell mommy that I came down here. And if you forget that, I will punish you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric was 100% not listening to you oh, because shit, he would have laughed. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I was so Joe, made a, Joe made it funny and he missed it. I was looking ahead at the next email. Sorry, Joe. I apologize. Yeah. This is from Skyler, aka Skizbot. He says, in preparation for Alien Covenant, I rewatched Prometheus this weekend for the first time since I saw it in the theater. I recall being disappointed when I first saw it. Like many people, I was expecting Xenomorphs and a much more direct prequel to Alien. Rewatching it again with a fresh perspective and no expectations, I was able to simply enjoy it as its own film. As a standalone sci-fi movie within the same overall universe, it's a gorgeous, awesome movie. Um, uh, are there any movies you guys didn't really like at all the first time but ended up loving later? Oh, jeez. I feel like I would have could have used a heads up on this question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same. Yeah. Um... Let's move on. Cool. <laughs> Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Maybe, maybe something will pop up. Everyone is, keep thinking. Is the email yeah. address. What's on Twitter? We keep track of two hashtags on, on the Twitter. Uh, one of them is for patrons. If you are listening to one of our back episodes and you hear something that you think is worth pointing out, tweet it to us with the hashtag BGH Classics and we will read it. And these are always really funny. Uh, this first one is from Jhar Zero. Eric said, but then but then control S because he had to save his work. Then I said, well, you can control S my D then. <laughs> Episode 249, Lords of Salem. Uh, yeah, I think we were talking about Rob Zombie's writing process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I, think it, I think the joke was like something like flipper baby, period. Uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a joke I would make like eight years ago. I'm glad I made it like maybe a year and a half ago. I don't know. Ago. I think that's that works. Still, still got it. Uh, <laughs> next one is from, also it. from JR0. Uh, Eric said, literally the first time I've seen 3D dog balls in a movie. <laughs> Episode 257, <laughs> Pacific Rim. I can't remember the context of that. Pacific Rim was there, dog balls. Was there a, there must say. have been a dog somewhere. Somebody had a dog and then they just you could see their balls and the movie was in 3D. So. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, I understand like the words that you said. <laughs> was that in Pacific Rim? I don't remember. It must have. I mean, I didn't just make it up, John. I think there was a dog. I think the like all American soldiery yeah, dad somebody, and son had a dog. Somebody maybe? had a dog. I'm sure of it. All right. Well, let's doesn't that on. seem like a movie that have like a cute little dog? Somebody would have a cute little dog sidekick. 
I'm thinking of Bulldog with gigantic balls. Yeah, floating <laughs> in the hot tub. Van Wilder, Joe. <laughs> Maybe that's probably yeah. <laughs> uh, you usually am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one is from Skewerhead79, episode 300: The appearance of vodka schnars. <laughs> The elusive, yep. the elusive, beloved, beloved by all, truly yeah. legendary. Well, no. I don't know. I, love I would, Vodka. I would argue that one, John. But <laughs> it's like getting, I, it's like getting a foil Pokemon. Like it's very rare, and you have to, you hold on to it, but not too. You can't squeeze it too hard, or it'll slip through your fingers and out of your life forever. You know. I mean, I love me some Vodkashnars, but I think that Vodkashnars was outshined by. Uh, Steak dinner and red wine schnars. <laughs> oh Lord, I don't yeah. know what that schnars was, but Both, that was uh, yeah. Uh, he came I, from a he came from a planet whose only language is just slurring sounds <laughs> together. Mostly screaming at Casey in the middle of Manhattan in like twenty degree <laughs> weather to keep walking after two miles. <laughs> and then he took us. It was to chill. A you got to You got to keep moving. Honestly, Casey, moving. Casey, and I taking a cab back to the hotel after dinner was literally the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. No, I don't think so. We had a great night. Yeah. Uh, next one's from Skizbot. Eric, she's looking for dudes on the net for sex stuff. You know, like you did in the nineties. Uh, episode three seventy three regarding urban legend. Yes, urban legend. Yeah, because Danielle Harris in that movie is like a goth chick who's like on AIM chat, like meeting dudes and then bringing them back to the dorm. But that hold on, this is a this is an interesting test of my earlier proclamation. I I am fairly certain we don't have an episode on urban legend, so you must, must have just, just been came talking up. about yeah yeah. We you might know, Eric, we, it it's might, like Doss. He talks sometimes. He talks about Dawson's Creek. It sometimes may have he just been. I mean, it may have been another Danielle Harris movie. It might have been Stakeland. Hmm. Sure, it's totally possible. There's no way to ever know. You could have just been on a fucking Eric tilt. So who knows. <laughs> Uh, episode 373 was the purge anarchy, so none of our theories yeah, are true. There you go. <laughs> no idea. Boom. No idea. I was correct. Three remains. Okay, last one is from Mr. Finn 607. Eric wonders if movie guide people ever rub one out after reviews. Uh, and <laughs> then really... I said, if anyone's going to suffer through upper male nudity, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah. It Episode really like they really seem to work themselves up into a froth every time. So it just makes froth. me want. Oh. It makes me wonder. <laughs> do you, Do you mean the people writing the reviews yes. or the people reading the reviews? No, the people oh, writing okay. them. They get like there. It's like the crescendo. You know what it is? It's because there's no punctuation. So it's like one long extended build till a, to a release. Nothing yeah. really lights my pilot light quite like uh, moral relativity. Yeah, mm. you know. Problems solved through prayer. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> 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 uh, Joe. Uh, uh, man, yeah. I, please, please move on, Mark. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I got even. more. Now, I want Joe to do this more so BC can make a bunch of gifts. More yeah, Columbus. Uh. <laughs> uh, okay, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> we all use the hashtag SBGH if you want to ask us questions about anything. This first one's from Drop Your Linen. She says, how come Casey no longer refers to old TNA TNA rich horror films as booby slashers like he did in episode 89, Sorority Row? Oh. Yeah, that's, I mean, for some of, those, some of those movies, that's literally all that they were about. So that's fair. I think we've all kind of matured in our age, too. <laughs> I went back and read some of my news from like <laughs> six years ago. Dear God, like just 
What if you took old vintage news posts and then posted them again with your modern day commentary? I, I, I am embarrassed to even have my name like involved in some of those things. Like everyone's like a broad and hot chick and just like everywhere. Like it's, it's uncomfortable. You're saying you were not, you were not woke yet. No, Pre- I was definitely not hashtag. Yeah, you hadn't gotten a daughter. You hadn't gotten yeah. a daughter. Pre woke. He was asleep. Yeah. Straight right. up woke, son. Right. All right. Next one is from uh, MC Hunter nineteen ninety. Are horror and monster versus films going to be the next big trend? And who do you want to see on the big screen fighting? Hashtag Guar versus Kiss. Are what? what is the first part of the question? Uh <laughs> Hold on, I... I no, I, it's gone forever. Why do, you keep, <laughs> why do you keep muting, Mark? I keep muting because I mute when I click so that you don't hear it on the I don't thing. give a shit, bro, just click. Because then it, <laughs> when you come back, you it, there's a delay and it clips the, your voice. Jesus Christ, Eric. Drive me crazy. Right. Producing the show live on the air. This the is question good. where are our, our horror, horror and monster films going to be the next big trend? Horror versus... Horror and monster versus films. I mean, like... No, I would say they're not. They, it's really like never really going to be a trend, I would say. Mm. No. Is there enough content to make it a trend? No. I mean, there was no, it, back speaking of Eric's Eric show talking about the early days of BGH. I feel like there have been rumors and uh, people wanting movies like that since forever. And it really only ever happened in Freddy versus Jason. And then they were like, OK, that was enough. Well, Alien versus Predator. Sure. Okay. There were two of those. And then Alien versus Predator. Okay, so it happened twice. It's funny with like Freddy versus Jason. I remember this. I remember this. The specific feeling was like, holy shit, I can't believe they made that. And like, oh, it actually like it kind of did okay. I actually seem to remember it opened up bigger than they expected, but then kind of dropped off. But it, but right around that area where you were like, well, there's no way they're ever going to do this again. Like they kind of got away with doing it once and. The fans enjoyed it, but it, it like I just don't think there's enough demand. Like Freddie and Jason are they're like, the two. basically is yeah yeah. It's like you know a Brock Lesnar versus Candyman is like not going to get a ton of you know Candyman versus like Pinhead. You know yeah. like it'll yeah. sell some shirts. Huh? It would be yeah. awesome if like twenty years from now they just remade Freddie versus Jason, but just without any context, just future Freddie versus Jason. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Kids be so confused. It'll happen, right? Like why not? Yeah. They're they're gonna keep. Digging those corpses up for a hundred years. Mm. Probably true. Right? I mean, uh, why not? We did get Batman versus Superman. I mean, am I right? So sure did. The movie wasn't great. It was alright. Well, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed <laughs> it. It wasn't great. I don't know. I remember you saying it was awesome when you yeah, said it. So. Uh, sure. It was fun. <laughs> Three thumbs up from Eric. It was fun. It wasn't great. <laughs> And next one's from Skizbot. Have you ever been super star tra- starstruck by an actor or celeb you've met at a convention? Hmm. Uh, if anything, I feel like the conventions Dante have this, from Clerks. The conventions have the super opposite <laughs> effect in that you see them as such like normal, mundane people that it's yeah. like, um, or you see them with nobody in line at their table, and you're just kind of like, oh, that's. Mm. Or you weird. see Linda Hamilton drunk off vodka gummy bears. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I would say, like that's the one that like I don't think I get starstruck, but to me, like I'm more impressed with the ones that kind of hang out at night and like you know are actually like talking to people. Slash, like, it makes me feel weird. Like I don't like yeah. like because you want to think of them as bigger stars, and if they actually were big stars, they wouldn't hang out with you after the convention. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. There's some people that are 
that can walk that line. I, th- I feel like it would be more depressing if they were just off drinking at the bar by themselves like and not the, hanging the big, out with people. Well, or in their room, like, <laughs> getting you know, oddly, out, like, oddly enough, like, when and this is probably, this is before, definitely before the podcast, probably during, like, old BGH times, the, the, um, the time of the first men, schnars, as they call it in the history books. Um, like I, the first time I ever met Tom Savini at a convention, I was actually pretty starstruck. And then he was like a dick to me. And I'm like, wow, that dude isn't very nice. And every time you saw me, you're like, well, I know we've talked about this on the show multiple times, uh, but this would be in, in and around the first version of the site um, when I met. Or no, actually, maybe it was when we were starting it up the second time, but when I met Serena Vincent, there's a really funny picture that Eric probably still has somewhere of just me making this ridiculous face. That was ins- that was a whole scenario was just insanely awkward to begin with. But Yeah, it wasn't even starstruck so much as it's just really weird to ask for someone, uh, ask someone for a picture when you look at their table and it's like literally just all pictures of the naked. All <laughs> like, movie, all a nice photograph to show my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I like this one the best. Can you sign this one? Mm. <laughs> Lovely girl. Um, but yeah, I actually don't like, and now when we go to conventions, like on the occasions that it happens, I'll do like a loop around the celebrity part, but like, I really don't give a shit. It's like the least interesting part of a convention to me. It's not why I'm there anymore. So, um, I did see Gangrel at uh rock and shock once. That was pretty sweet. Nice. Oh, that boy. dude's got, that dude's got fangs. That yeah. dude, like, I'm pretty like, sure he has fangs. I'm pretty sure he still has them. Yeah. I mean, they've like probably got his teeth filed down. Yeah. Cause that's his deal. He's like, a, cool man. He's like, that's a, great. Did he, did he rise up out of the floor with like red lights on? He's him? like a combination between like a wrestling vampire and a lizard sort of. Hmm. Like wrestling vampire, lizard. wrestling Got vampire it. lizard. Next one's from dead or Jeff. Were you all aware that there's a creep trilogy planned thoughts? Hashtag peach fuss lives. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Oh God. I keep wanting to go back and watch the uh, the original. But my wife won't watch it with me. She did the first time. Oh She's my god! Like, why? I mean, because because we she we were watching the league, and she really likes Mark Duplis. So I'm like, oh, this thing he did this thing. It's pretty probably pretty good. Dude, the fucking end, the ending is like kind of freaked her out. Oh my god! I still I mean, think just about the, the the dancing in the wolf mask is nightmare. It's, it's the wolf. It's the wolf mask. Yeah, Peach Fuzz. Yeah, Peach Fuzz. That's it. Love it. Peach, right. peach uh, next one, Bourbon Street Spook. Would Joe rather have a great haunted mansion film or a five-year pass to Disney World for free? This is a Good great Lord. question. I so I saw this when I was on the train, and I've been like racking my brain because like <laughs> immediately you think, well, five years, like that's that's a good chunk of change. Like I, I would go with that, but then I started thinking, like, is it me? Is it the whole family? Like. It's still very expensive to stay there, even without the park tickets. So, like, is it really going to make Joe, that much of a difference? Joe, like, there's there's a lot. You and your whole family, park ticket, like, for like a per, a comp vacation. Oh well, yeah, that no question. Then I would rather have that. Okay, but if it was just a ticket for me for five years, no, I think I'd rather go with the movie because it's still going to cost you money. Yeah, because you know it's it's going to take off a few hundred, but it's not going to make. Um, that I don't even thing. know if we talked about this, but I sent Joe an article. I found this article on oh, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean about how they have retro, like it's really old. It's one of the, like the original attractions of the park, and there's all this history behind how it was designed and all this shit. And they they've basically now gone in and retrofitted 
like animatronic Johnny Depp into it because yeah. he's he's like what people know as Pirates of the Caribbean now. But it's the same setup, it's the same vignettes, but then all of a sudden like he'll pop up out of a barrel and be like, Arg, I'm fucking Johnny Depp and then like he makes yeah. a funny and like they've had to rewrite the story slightly. It's weird that he has the same name as in the movie as in real life. And I, I sent it I sent too. it to Joe because like I've this article I found, this person was like basically said they so ruined the ride yeah it was super butthurt and all the commenters were like right with this guy so i i want i needed to like i mean it is it is the internet I needed, after all i needed to know how joe felt about this and he actually was like yeah that's no, it's kind of ridiculous like the guy like i get it like they're you know tossing in these sort of cash cows into this ride and it's kind of you know quote unquote ruining your childhood and whatever but well, like the, the ride generated the movie like i actually would yeah. agree with the guy i mean i'm not going on the internet Here's the thing. Complain disney, about it. And disney like, when isn't I first... disney isn't for you anymore like i i can appreciate yeah. the fact that there are adults that are way into disney but disney doesn't give a fuck about you if you're not like they're there to make old. money like right, and right. if putting like a johnny depp in a ride is going to draw more people and it's still going to get the people that love the ride from when they were a kid. Anyway, like, what's the difference? They didn't actually change it that drastically from what well, I saw. No, that's the thing. Like, when I first heard about this, I was kind of like, oh, geez. But then, like, when we wrote it, they didn't change the ride at all. Like, they just kind of inserted it into, like, a few clips. And there's a few parts where, like, the audio is different where they mention, like, Jack Sparrow and whatever. But for the most part, the ride is still the exact same thing. So, Wait, I but, mean. So he doesn't, like, pop up and actually say, like, oh, I'm Jack Sparrow no, or anything well, like that. Uh, no, it's, it's integrated. Like, it's that's written, what Eric said. It's I'm it's, fucking it's written, it's, written, <laughs> it's written into the original story. Yeah. So they hey, you fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> you paid money for, for this shit. There's but... Edward Scissorhands. It's really <laughs> yeah. uh, So I don't know. But no, they didn't modify the ride that much enough that like and. I listen to like a lot of these podcasts too, where like these guys are just like the worst of the worst about complaining about everything they do. And even like they do not complain that much about it. Like it's not, it didn't change that much. I think of all the things like that, you know, you're going to get angry that they change. Like I think that's pretty low in the totem pole. All right. Well, I think this issue is settled. Yeah. Agreed. There you go. Moving all right. On. Next one is from uh, Diana NK, I think. Uh, Black Coat's Daughter was originally called February, which is a superior title. What's the crew's favorite poorly named film? I actually like, I mean, the Black Coat's Daughter, like, I don't understand the context of the film at all, but I like the title. Although it sounds very fancy, which this movie is. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. I agree with that. I'm, I'm okay with it. It sounds British, much like Bloody Good Horror. It sounds pretty yeah, yeah. good. Um, I thought it was going to be like a foreign period piece with subtitles because I had only heard the title. I knew nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I and I just assumed that they like looked. I mean, February is like it's, even more it's too generic. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like it's it, like spring. <laughs> no, Fe- February yeah. is what you there, name. Uh, February is what you name like your student short film, not your movie that you actually want people to find and see. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I can't think of anything particularly bad that stands out, but I every now and then I think about poor Adam Green, who actually made a really great film called Frozen. <laughs> like uh, that's true. four year four years before the Disney mega smash hit. I bet you that. They're, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, they're gonna retitle it Frozen, the, yeah, the original mean, one. It probably yeah. does hurt his Google searches a little bit, but you know. Um, I, I mean, like, wait, is the question? Is it does it have to be a movie that we like or no? I think just because I think the Bye Bye Man, we can all agree, is oh, yeah, the worst absolutely. title of any film yes. ever made. So. Yeah. Well, it says what's the crew's favorite poorly named film, so I oh, take that okay. to mean a good film with a bad name, but okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm I know there are some, but I don't mm. know off the top of my head. 
The Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. The Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. That's my favorite title to a poor film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one, kind of related. Stout 2, 114. Which horror movies do you most associate with the four seasons? Hmm. I mean, I always think of like summer camp slashers in the summer. Uh, Think of The Thing in winter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Or one of those um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, I always think of. Like... I uh, Return of the Living Dead and Creepshow are two like very uh, strongly associated summer movies for me, and I always try to watch them during those times. Like (laughs) Return of the Living Dead takes place on the Fourth of July, and Creepshow, my there's my favorite. It's this is so stupid, but I'm gonna say it anyway. My favorite segment in Creepshow is the one with Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbeau, with the thing under the stairs. And there's this whole like uh, monologue that he gives where he's talking about how the timing was perfect to try to have this thing kill his wife because um, it's August and the summer session is let out, but nobody's on campus for fall for another like two weeks or something. And like that is literally stuck in my head for 25 years. And so I always think of that movie as like a late summer movie. Uh, and that's why. Wow, that's very movie. specific. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're a crazy person. I was going to say Halloween for the fall. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that also. No, trick or I was going to say that too. For trick or treat. Yeah. Uh, I, I always say this when we, when we talk about Halloween movies, but I always think of Scream 2 as like a, uh, I think that's just kind of a. Scream 2? Or just no, Scream, Scream also. Scream. Not the, Scream is a good, not yeah. the first Scream one. Scream is definitely a good fall movie, I agree. Do we have a I spring mean, one? I don't know. Yeah, there's a spring. Spring, spring sucks. Spring. The movie Spring. Spring sucks. So, like, like the season. Is there? Yeah, summer down, bro. It's dirty. My allergies are bad. Everything's muddy and disgusting, and it's cold. Like when it, it's cold when it should be warm, which is worse than just being cold in winter. Boo. Okay. So there you go. You have uh, our movies for winter, summer, and fall, and you also have Eric's least winter, favorite season. Spring, summer, All you've got to do, do is call. Uh, this might be my. Be <laughs> you gotta add that to the Spotify list, Mark. You've yeah, got a you got a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think Joe's just singing songs on the podcast to add it to our playlist now. That was a deep, uh, that was a new one. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like, uh, some, I like me some James this, Taylor. I don't want to like build this up too much, but this may be my favorite nonsense question of all time from a person who normally asks us legit questions. This is from Igiza. Have you ever peed so hard that your pee lifted you off the ground? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think once, but yeah, I've certainly had ones where really out of it. Where like you're having a hard time telling if like this was someone else that like took over his Twitter account for a second or what. But (laughs) have you ever like you've been hacked, bro? Have you ever been (laughs) you you ever been stuck in a car for like? a very, very long time having to pee like you're stuck in traffic or something. Oh, Lord. So that yeah. by the time you actually get there, you can't stand up because you're like spaz, like you're having like Hurts. pains. Yeah, I know So like pain. you literally have to hunch into <laughs> Yo, the this building. this is getting personal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Yourself. That's the absolute worst. I thought you were going to talk about uh, peeing in a bottle stories and I have like three queued up <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. I have done that, yeah. The Lincoln Tunnel has taken me down more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, happened to me i had to do it in jersey once on the uh, uh some highway in jersey i don't remember but probably the jersey turn back. Yeah. <laughs> on my um moving back from florida i had a giant gatorade bottle with me that i would pee in and then which is really difficult because i'm like not tall oh, i'm too oh, sh- oh, i'm too oh, short the same one that you used multiple times 
<laughs> it was like a 24-hour drive, dude. I'm not going to buy new Gatorade bottles. I just dumped it out when I got to like the next restaurant. You've got two buckets. All right. one I, for got, I think we got to move on here. Let's keep this rolling. I am never going to be able to unlearn this revelation. You had had a dedicated piss bottle. What kind of bougie shit is buying multiple, like, you need a clean pee bottle every time, Mark? Like, seriously? (laughs) Your Gatorade only costs, Uh, like, $2. No, you throw that bad boy away when you are done. You're going to spend $2 every time you have to pee? I'm with Eric on this. No, plus, I I, I went to Walmart, and I got this special... Huge one, so they don't have that at every rest stop. I can't like stop. You went to get like a bedpan. (laughs) (laughs) That would have worked. He just went. He went to Walmart and bought an empty Gatorade bottle. (laughs) (laughs) He just went into their break room. (laughs) You done with that, buddy? (laughs) This one's specifically for lemon lime, but it's empty. Walked up to the register. Was like, do you know the capacity of this jug? Yeah. Oh my God, uh, Jesus Christ! You sick? What's the Yummy diet? Jesus. What's the diet? This last one is from a <laughs> franchise at PLS. Do you like the previous title February better? No. I think we covered that. No. Asked and answered. Um, I think this movie should have been called Walmart Piss Bottle. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of my band in college. Listen, I am not going to stand here and pretend that I'm the only one that has ever done this, okay? So It's not the pee in the bottle, it's keeping the bottle. <laughs> keeping the bottle yeah, that's, that's, that's the next level. Whatever, man, me. put a cap on it, throw it in the back seat, forget about it. So. Oh, God. This week, this week, listeners, please tweet us, A, if you've ever peed in a bottle on the road, and B, if you kept the bottle. It's <laughs> pretty, I feel listen, badly for the listen, female listeners. I kept here. it till the next mortified. time we stopped, and then I dumped it out, and then it was empty. Why is that? And then an you issue? brought it back in the car. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on this. I. What? I see no shame in this. I don't know. Well, I wish, I wish Casey was here. He'd be the tiebreaker because John and I are clearly oh. disgusted. So oh, Casey has peed in a bottle. Yeah. Come on. So, but has he kept it? That's the question. Yeah. So yeah. bougie. Casey's done YouTube. it in his own home just so he didn't have to get up and. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. is like one time I drank so much white wine I couldn't even make it to the bidet. <laughs> the Chardonnay. <laughs> Ooh. Chardonnay bidet. That was Joe's <laughs> other band. <laughs> Tingly. John, what are we doing next week? We don't know. Great. We will uh, be letting people know on uh, the social medias. Besides peeing in a bottle. We probably Jank will be doing We're that. doing the movie Jankum. No. <laughs> Django the movie. Nope, it's something different. Uh, if Django you want to hang out with us all day on Slack, you should become a patron. Or if you want to see this show live in video as it's recorded or get access to the archives all the way back potentially to episode one, uh, which I will refuse to do myself because I'm terrified to hear old Eric talk about anything. So you can do that, though, if you'd like to. BloodyGoodHorror.com or Patreon.com slash BloodyGoodHorror. And don't forget Joe's on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. sending out pictures of his dog. I'd pictures. actually be curious, like, if any of our listeners are using Snapchat or just the Instagram. Are we just uh, using Instagram now? More. Yeah. No, much. I'm trying to do both, but yeah, no, it's I mean, too like, much. I mean, the collective we. I, you know, I think I speak for everyone when I say you can just do the Instagram stories and say screw Snapchat, but I'm not a, I'm not the target audience. So. We've got so many followers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's gonna do it for this episode of Bloody Good Horror. I feel like we learned a lot about each other tonight. Sure did. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next week. Adios. See you. Beep, beep, poo, poo, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>